Well, hey there. I'm Doug Jones. Welcome I'm back. <laughs> you oh, by all man. means. Well, I never get to be on the show anymore, so I felt like I need to Gosh. jump in there. Rusty? I am Rusty. <laughs> Go I'm ahead. Rob, I'm Rob Rusty Jacobs. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining me today, Rob. Uh, it's another episode of Doable Discipleship, and we are digging into uh, Pastor Tom's message from this past weekend. Uh, he talked about prayers that work. Uh, many of you were expecting Pastor Rick to speak because we're in the middle of this 40 days of prayer campaign, but Pastor Rick got deathly ill, or took ill. Is that how you say that? I wouldn't say deathly ill. He just got sick. I'd say deathly. <laughs> That's extreme. dramatic. Well, That's I don't extreme. know. I just know he had, was it bronchitis? bronchitis slash pneumonia, I think. That's pretty bad. Yeah, that's not good. Anyway, so uh, since we're in the middle of a prayer campaign, pray for Pastor Rick, pray for his quick recovery. Pastor uh, Tom came in the 11th hour and delivered just a, a great message, still on the topic of prayer. It has not uh, changed the, the messages that we're going to go through for the 40 days of prayer campaign. It just right. sort of shifted them back a week. Yeah, so we Pastor Rick will be back. back and all is well with that. Uh, but we had a great, great message from Pastor Tom. And just like we did last week, we're doing sort of a live uh, kind of addition to the message action plan. So I want to remind you, if you don't already subscribe to the message action plan, go to saddleback.com slash map, just put in your email, sign up for that. And uh, we've already talked in previous episodes about what the map is, but just one last time I'll describe it for a while. Uh, the message action plan is an email subscription that you can get in your mailbox at the beginning of every week, like Monday or Tuesday of every week, that will give you some action steps that you can take based on the weekend's message. And we are linking in the message action plan uh, a link to each week's episode of Doable Discipleship, because as we said last week, during the course of the 40 Days of Prayer campaign, we're going to be recapping the weekend message on Doable Discipleship and talking about some doable steps that you can take right out of it. So right. it's kind of like a live version of the message action plan that everyone can take advantage of, whether you're here at Saddleback or far away. And it's a good time. So Pastor Tom talked about prayers that work. Uh, do you want to set that up a little bit? Yeah, so um, Pastor Tom talks about prayers that work, and there's there's three big ideas that he wants, and we're going to kind of jump into that. But one of the things he framed it with, and I thought was really interesting, was talking about the idea of surprise. And when was the last time God surprised you in prayer? Or when was the last time you actually talked to God and said, I want to be surprised, that you're you're seeking surprise? It's an interesting idea to kind of play with a little bit. Yeah, that goldfish story that he shared about Ryan, his oldest son, Ryan, when he was like five years old, I thought was just great. (laughs) That like they fully expected to have to explain that, you know, this is why the goldfish died and we'll have to talk about this in the morning and explain that on Easter morning and all that and how they prayed for this fish and the next morning they got up to the sound of Ryan screaming, yay, because the fish was swimming around right. in the bowl again. If you haven't heard that full story, go back, go to saddleback.com slash online and check out this weekend's message in full. I should have said that at the beginning. Make sure you watch that message before you listen to the rest of this. But I love that line. When was the last time you asked God to surprise you in prayer? We sometimes kind of blunt our prayers a little bit instead I think of so. going I, for it. I, it was kind of convicting for me because I was sitting with it later that day. And I was like, I can't remember the last time I really asked God to surprise me. I mean, I think when you're asking about surprise, you're asking for something beyond just kind of the immediate what you would expect. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that really says something about our faith. So I think we, you know, we need to really think about where's a place that God could surprise me. How could I pray such a big faith <clears throat> prayer that it would be a surprising? It would be a miracle mm. if it comes true. And I just think we don't do that enough. Yeah, this just is coming to mind. Kind of, man, these new swivel, <laughs> these new swivel chairs are a little bit unwieldy. I'm we have these awesome realizing new epic chairs. We have great chairs that now have backs. We're moving on up on the show, but we swivel, and it's a little hard to control. Anyway, back to the topic. Uh, 
something springs to mind, the idea that at the core of that goldfish story was a child. And I think that this idea of asking God for the big stuff and, and being sort of unrestricted when it comes to your prayer life, I think that's one of those childlike attributes that Jesus often praised. Yep. You know, that you can come to God and ask him for absolutely anything and have the confidence to do that, knowing that God's still going to answer that as he sees fit. But I, I love this. Um, I, I feel like, as with you, you said you felt convicted about it. For me, it kind of shook me up and got me thinking, I very often tone my prayers down, and, and Tom talks about this more, so we won't get into it too much now, but we tone our prayers down, almost hedging our bets. Right. I, we're afraid of disappointment. <clears throat> yeah. We're afraid of disappointment. So we we create prayers that we think in our mind, this seems pretty doable. God yeah. God could do this. <laughs> so I don't want to yeah. pray something gigantic because <clears throat> I might get disappointed. Um, yeah. So it speaks to how we see God. It goes mm. back to what we were talking, what you guys were talking about last week. Like who how, who is the God that we're praying to? Yeah, and we, we need to see Him in that truth that man He is beyond all things. He, his mm. ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And so this idea that we don't want to pray something or ask for something because we're afraid of disappointment, we're putting God in a box when we do that. Yeah, that's that's about you know that's about <clears throat> how we see God. Yeah, and our fears. Yeah, so Tom kind of set this message up as lessons from Paul about prayer, and he's looking through some of the uh, some passages from the epistles, and um, he digs into three big points, and right. then one the last point kind of has some sub points, which yeah. we'll get into as well. But the first one was <clears throat> if you want to if you want to have prayer that works, what was the first step that he gave us? The, the first one's pray frequently. So uh, we reference Ephesians six eighteen and pray in the Spirit on all occasions and with all kinds. Of prayers and requests, so this idea of praying frequently um, and praying throughout the day. So thinking about um, you know just ways to to, to increase not only um, the frequency but also just the, all the the types of prayer. So not lock yourself into well, I only have to pray for the big things. It's all the things. It's the big yeah. things. It's the little things and everything in between. And it's all day, not just certain parts of the day that we want to be thinking about and talking to God. Yeah. I like Tom, Tom kind of helped us. He took us through like a, a mental exercise of <clears throat> helping us get rid of like our preconceived notions about prayer. He said, you know, picture all the, all the thoughts and things that you have about prayer, put that on a, on a big whiteboard in your mind and just erase it, just throw all that stuff out. And he asked us to narrow it down to just one simple phrase, which is a constant conversation with God and how we sometimes <clears throat> we, we're looking to pray better and we, we kind of want to, we want to pray sometimes in this way that is flourishy or impressive right. or or pious or that kind of stuff. And and he kind of threw all that out and said, none of that stuff really matters very much to God. What God wants is a constant conversation with yeah. you, through frequent yeah. prayer. It's It reminds me that I, maybe Tom used the idea too, but it's like, you don't talk to your husband or your wife <laughs> or your kids. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm just going to use really good words yeah. for a couple sentences and then we're done for the day. <laughs> yeah, and It's like this... You know, idea of like, if you're going to have a relationship, it's a constant communication thing. And it's not always about having these perfect words. I don't ever talk to my wife, you know, like, thou, though, loweth wife. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, you know, hey, babe, what, I mean, you know, it's constantly throughout the day. So just, you know, even that idea of, you know, of just not worrying about the words, but worrying about the frequency of communication. You're worrying about mm. the relationship, not the optics or how great it sounds. You're yeah. worrying about actually building in and digging in and connecting with each other. Yeah. The one doable thing that I took away from this one is, um, he talked about the idea of just shooting the breeze with God. Just ha just have casual conversation with God throughout the day. And he even made it like, you know, as, as 
<clears throat> simple or silly as somebody cuts you off on the freeway instead of saying, what a jerk. You could literally, you could literally change that to, God, did you see what a jerk that guy is? <laughs> or did you see, did you see what a jerk move that was? Which, you know, I don't know if we necessarily want to be in the constant habit of complaining to God about other drivers, but the idea that we can turn our, our internal dialogue from just being that sort of inward focused, um, talking to ourselves and we can turn that into a conversation with God very easily. Yeah. He also used this idea of the first two minutes. Oh, yeah, that's good. Um, so the first two minutes that you're about to do anything, kind of those transitions through your day, hmm. you can pray two minutes. You know, Two minutes before work, two minutes before bed, two minutes before lunch, those kinds of things. When, when, yeah. um, when I worked as a teacher, everything in teaching is scheduled, right? I mean, like, you tell me the time of the day, I'll tell you where I'm at or what we're doing. And so uh, what I used to do is use this idea of portions of the day. So there was the morning portion, then there was the recess portion, then the lunch mm. portion, and then the after-school portion. And those would be moments where I would want to try and stop and pray. Even s- just, again, simple prayers, not long, not complicated, just yeah. simple prayers. And I'm just approaching the next portion around that. So that's, I mean, yeah. that's another idea you can you can think about. Yeah, first two minutes. Uh, and I would even take that down further, because we, we're, we're all about getting people to go for consistency first and intensity later. So even if that means the first 10 seconds, th- that would be a great start for you. Right. If you could just say, for the first 10 seconds when I get in my car, I'm just going to say, I'm going to send up a quick prayer. And and just that 10 seconds of each you know big portion of the day may may for you be a big improvement in your prayer life. So just start with something that's as simple and doable as that, and then grow it from there. But I love that idea of getting the habit of whatever, whenever I start something, the first minute or so of that, I'm going to dedicate to yeah. God in prayer. That's great. Uh, the next one, he talked about praying earnestly, uh, and I, I love that one. He, he, he talked about that, the word earnest and how we, we think of that word, and often we think of it as like honestly or with sincerity, but he said that the Greek actually carries this meaning of passionately or with intensity, that we should add fire to our prayer. If you remember, he used that, um, the analogy of the hot air balloon, that you superheat that air and that it causes, it causes flight. Yeah. Um, and I, I love that idea. He said, we need to add fire to our prayers. Mm. We need to come to God uh, with honesty and in a, in a real way. And again, like I was saying earlier, we, we so often polish up our prayers. We come to God with, we, we, we kind of want to come to him with with our oratory rather than just with an honest expression of what's going on in our or, hearts and Or our we minds. come with, well, here's what I think God wants to hear. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to pray for the world because I know God loves the world. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to, but I'm going to ignore this thing that's burning in my heart right now. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I love that a lot. I, I think that we sometimes approach God with pretense. I, okay, this is just coming out of the blue. Sorry about that. But I, I actually think... Um, we still, in our prayer life, do some of the same habits that Adam and Eve did in the garden, where they hid themselves. Right. And I think when we come to God in prayer, we're often, we often will come to God, as you said, with what we think He wants to hear, but we're shielding, or at least we think we are, we're hiding something about us that really needs to get brought to Him, the thing that really needs to be exposed and dealt with. It's typically the things we're ashamed of or we're afraid of. Yeah. You know, so we want to show God things. our, we want to put our best foot forward with God. Um, but God says, "Come to me, just with with honestly, uh, with honesty. Just just come and express what's on your heart, because all that pretense is is almost hilariously dumb when you think about it. Because God sees right through that stuff. Yes. You know, it's like yeah. Adam and Eve thought that fig leaves would like shield them, or they could hide in the bushes and they would escape God's God's view. But that's not 
that's not how you deal yeah. with an omniscient you're, you're God. You're trying to hide from someone who knows you better than you know yourself. Yeah, it's like your child's trying to hide behind the curtains and their yeah. feet are sticking out kind of a thing. It's, <laughs> God's like, no, just come out. Just come out and talk with me about it. You don't have to do this. Yeah. You don't have to do this silly stuff. I like the line that Tom talked about. He said, you know, we need to pray earnestly. Um, and he even quotes um, using that, that term, exceeding abundantly. But, yeah. but pray earnestly because God wants to answer yeah. You know, God earnestly wants to answer. So, you know, it's not like we're praying to someone who doesn't want to answer or who's like, ah, I'm not sure. Like you're praying to a God who loves you and wants to answer, who wants mm-hmm. to give you that life abundant. Yeah. Um, so we need to we need to pray in that in that way. He talked also about <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> about leaving kind of our clichés behind and not coming to God with with those clichés. And look, I I know that when all of us pray, we tend to bring cliches to just the way we phrase things and stuff. It's it's just typical, uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But I, I think what Tom was going for here is let's not let cliches get in the way of uh, of a real expression to God. Um, it's it's we've all been around um, sometimes very faithful, mature believers who have this like stunningly beautiful style of prayer, and it includes all these words that maybe you know, the rest of us have never even heard before, and they managed to work the word propitiation in with their prayer and stuff like that, and you're like... Sacerdotalism. <laughs> like, how are you doing that, and what does that even mean? It, I, I know it's uh, sometimes hard for us to get out of the religious um, language sometimes, but again, I think we ought to strive to speak with God as we would with anybody who we want to have a close relationship with. When you prepare a speech, you're preparing it... Uh, a speech is prepared for an impersonal delivery to the masses, to, to people that you don't really have a close bond with most of the time. But prayer or conversation is something that you do with someone at an eye-to-eye, close, intimate yeah, level. Intimate. And that's what we should strive for intimate. with God, I think. One of the questions I've been kind of sitting with that came out of this point, too, is what, why are there some things that motivate us to pray with passion and, t- and intensity? And there's other things that's like, mm, you know, I'll pray for it, but yeah. I don't have any passion or intensity. But why, why do we categorize our prayers. I mean, is that just, we think that's like a human nature thing that like we just, I think they're, know. yeah, I think that, I think that's the case. And I think humans, I, well, I won't, I won't put everyone in this bucket because maybe you're better off than I am. But uh, I know the thing for me is I, I struggle with praying for things, with praying this for the same thing again and again and again, and being persistent in my prayers. That's a, that's a big, that's a big challenge for me in my prayer life. And I, I kind of get to the point where I'm like, God's heard it. He knows it. Why, like, why, why continue with that? And there's a, I think there's a part of me that just goes like, at this point, I'll release that to him and let him do with that what he wants. But we're commanded to, to, to pray again and again and again, and to be. I think this is part of the earnestness. Yeah, I think prayer. that's where we get into the part where the prayer isn't about trying to change God. That repeatedness, that that constantly bringing this before God is about what's changing us. Yeah, there's something about this constant, repeated bringing this need, this burden to God over and over and over that's shaping us, that's developing us uh, to be a person of prayer. Yeah, and I, and I think for me, as I've examined myself, I've, I think I've found that if I, if I lack the motivation to even pray continually about something, uh, I think it demonstrates that I have a lack of passion about that issue in the first place, and that maybe I'm, maybe I'm just approaching that with a lax attitude. And I, I think sometimes that the recurrent... Um, process of prayer where we we come to God again and again and again, which again, we are commanded to do. Um, 
I think that process, as you said, develops us and helps us to become to, to be shaped in the process. Um, but it also, I think it's also a way that we can like, like it's easy for us to get into like that, um, that genie mentality with God. Like I'm going to ask him if he does it great. If he doesn't do it fine. And then we enter that gray area of that continual prayer life. And I, I think that continuing to pray is a way that we participate in an ongoing way with the thing that's important to us that, that we don't just, if, if we really care about something, then we are willing to continue working toward that. And prayer is a, if, if we think of prayer as more than just us asking God for things, but a way that we that we um, connect with God and journey with God through these seasons or through these challenges of life, then continual prayer fits perfectly in that. Yeah, it's character shaping. I think you know mm-hmm. just that. So um, let me ask you here also this space and also connecting back with the, the first point. I'm praying frequently. What what are some places? This is a random question, but where do you pray? Like, what are places that you like to pray? Uh, yeah, my car is probably the number one place, to be honest. Uh, I've got two young kids, so home is not always the best, it's not the most conducive place for, if I want focused, quiet prayer, home is not usually the best place to do that. <clears throat> um, so, so my car is a big one. Um, recently, well, as you know, recently I, I felt like God was telling me to go and seek out a place. Now, again, I, I completely buy into this to this constant conversation idea. But for me, I felt like God was also kind of leading me to find a, a special place that I could go to that was just set aside entirely for prayer. Like it's not a place that I use for anything else. Um, and so I actually took my dog and a few weeks ago went wandering into, you know, I take the Santiago Canyon to work and I I went in search because I felt like God was calling me into the hills somewhere. Not Not to get all like ethereal or anything about Doug it. Doug is the shepherd of the hills. <laughs> no, but I, and, and you know what, you, you want to know what it really was? It was, I, first of all, I instant, like within five minutes of walking, I found the place that I knew this is the place. I found this tree that's perched on this like little enclave and it's just, it's the most perfect spot. And I felt like, God, you gave me, you, you told me to go look, I found the spot. Um, but the reality of that is, as much as I looked to that as like a, this is going to be a, this is a changing moment. Like this is going to be my new like holy place that I go to be with the Lord. It's funny how um, sometimes expectation and reality can vary a little bit because <laughs> I I've been to that place a few times now and I love going there. But there's also like I I find that it's also filled with distractions too. I see I see um, whether it's like Satan or it's just my own head or that kind of stuff, I literally go out there and I, and I start, my mind just goes to all these places and I'm like, what about mountain lions? And what about this? And what about that? And I found my, I find myself distracted even in that place. So it's actually made me realize as much as I, I love that spot and I love going there, it's also made me realize that, that having a particular place is not a substitute for the constant conversation with God. No, absolutely. Like you need to embrace God's presence in, in every, in every part of every day, wherever you are. Uh, and not make it about, you know, the the religious experience of going to a certain place. Right. Th- those, I, th- those, I think, those yeah, both I have think, value. So but. I think there's a value in both, right? Yeah. You want that kid, but I think there is a value in kind of having that that time and space. Yeah. Uh, like I think about our retreat center at Rancho Capistrano oh, yeah. or the journey with Jesus there that, you know, people who come on retreat, they find that time and space that they need. They're mm-hmm. not getting in their schedule. And it's also a beautiful place, and it just allows it just allows for that to kind of happen a little more naturally. Yeah. Uh, but we always tell people who come on retreat, you know, 
you could have been talking with God in the car on the way up. In fact, he was with you in the shower when you were getting ready to come yeah. to bed. Like, so it's always a reminder that, yes, that the practice of finding time and space, the, the practice of retreat is valuable. I mean, you right. see, I mean, Jesus does this, right? He goes away, um, goes up on the mountain. And, but it doesn't replace, as you said, it doesn't replace constant contact. Like, yeah. You need that constant communication. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, good. <clears throat> so we talked oh, wait, about- some things we can do. What can oh, yeah. we do? I'm praying earnestly. Oh, yeah. Tom Tom mentioned a couple. Well, I, I think one big one that I that I particularly took away is is this idea of don't be cliche and don't just be matter of fact about your prayers like pray for this, pray for this, pray for that, but be honest. And and I wrote I wrote the phrase on here, let it fly. And so the 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 takeaway that I <laughs> the takeaway that I have is when I talk with God, I want to I want to try to to pull out as much pretentious language as language as I can and speak to him as I would a friend. Just right. speak to him honestly as a friend and let let all of the emotion, let all of the feeling, let all of the struggle, uh, let all of the happiness and joy, all the celebration come through in my prayer life mm. as much as possible. Right. So for me, it's for me, it's a language thing. I want to cut away all the language that is a barrier to relationship and embrace just honest, real conversation. Yeah. Couple other things, couple other ideas. Tom mentioned praying the Psalms. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get like what Doug's talking about, real raw language, I mean, get into the Psalms. Um, yeah. you know, try different translations of the Bible. You'll you'll get different. You'll see different words that are used in the Psalms. That's a really great place to go. Praying out loud can be helpful too. Mm-hmm. I know my wife prays out loud, and it's something that you can really increase the. You want to know what you're passionate about? Listen to how you listen to how you say it out loud. Um, One of the things I do is I I do a lot of journaling with my prayers. Um, So I can, I can tell how intense I'm getting by, you know, like if, you know, how I'm scribbling or I'm, you wrote through three pages longer and longer or, uh, but I, one thing I like to do is I do this thing where I call praying in faith, hope and love. So, Hmm. you know, asking the prayer in faith and then thinking about the hope in that prayer and but mm-hmm. trusting that God loves me, and whatever His answer is, is where love is going to be magnified. That mm-hmm. the, I know He loves me, so that however the prayer is handled is going to be done in love. So, yeah. yeah, man, that's great. All right, next up. So we've covered so far: pray frequently, pray earnestly, and then third. And this one has some subpoints, which we'll, we'll which we'll touch on briefly in just a second. But this one is pray specifically. Yeah, this was a big one for me. Yeah, huge. Well, take a I, of that. I, there was three times in this last week that I heard somebody either talk to me or um, I heard indirectly about this idea of praying specifically. And it was Mm. convicting for me because I have a long list of prayers that I've been praying, but I've almost felt like they're not specific enough that I'm almost hedging my bet, not saying exactly what I want. And it's Mm. that idea of where, you know, you'll say, um, Oh, I just, I hope God blesses you. Well, what does that even mean? Like, how would you even know if God answered it? (laughs) Yeah. What does that mean? So to really drill down and get specific, um, Hmm. that's just something that it just hit me between the eyes this week. I needed to hear that. That's where God really wants to work on my prayer life is getting Hmm. specific because if it's specific, you'll know if God answered it, right? Hmm. If it's just like, God, uh, you know, I really want to do well in school. What does that mean? Or, you know, I, I want to be do well at work. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, God so bless our country or yeah, bless, yeah, do this and do exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, how would you know that it got answered? Yeah. I, I, I actually think that the, the first point, pray frequently and praying specifically, are very closely tied. And, and I, I say that because if you really want to develop the habit of praying specifically, it's going to mean more prayer. Like you, you can't do that without a greater volume of prayer. 
right? Because if you, it's easy to say a five-minute prayer that includes, man, I, in five minutes, I prayed for our whole country. I prayed for my family. I prayed for all my friends and all their health. I prayed for my church. You can pray for a lot of broad strokes in yes. a short time. Yes. But if you want to start getting specific, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to unpack those, mm-hmm. those ideas a little bit more. And so that becomes easier when you're praying more frequently. Right. I mean, you'd have to, in order to pray specifically, to unpack a five-minute prayer and get more specific with that would turn into an hour or two-hour prayer. But if you're praying continually throughout the day, then as those specific things come into your mind, you can pray for those on the spot right away. So I think that the more frequently you pray, the more freedom you give yourself to pray with more specificity as well. Right. And I, I think it actually connects back to the the point before on praying earnestly. If you were talking about that's one area where we should just go, we need to go all in on prayer. Like, yeah. why are we holding back? This is one area where God's like saying, go for it. I mean, yeah. go all. And so um, Tom uses the idea that boldness is simply asking God to act. So we can pray boldly, that we can come boldly to the throne of God. Hmm. Um, and that in doing so, we don't need to hedge our bets and say, well, I kind of generally need help in this area. You can say specifically, "I this is the need. Yeah. This is the need, you know? Um, like listening to the prayer requests in my small group this week and listening, you know, they're specific. They're like, I, I got this medical issue or mm-hmm. I have this financial issue. And these things are, you know, specific. It's not, well, I generally need help with, uh, you know, finances. It's like, I need this home refi to come through, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, I need my MRI on a shoulder or something like yeah. that's specific. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Drilling it down. I, I won't get into the story now, but I God answered my prayer for chapstick one time. It was that small. <laughs> I, I'll get into that another time. But the, Doug, God loves your lips. God, yeah. <laughs> God wanted these lips to be supple and and moist. Stop. Yeah. Just <laughs> so I, one of the things you can do here too is I've found this helpful for me is write down prayers because yeah. that it gives you a way of tracking if they're yeah. answered. And I just think that's if you want to get specific, you write them down, keep track of them, and. There's nothing better than going back and looking at prayers you've written down and be able to write next to it. Praise, thank you, God, you've answered this prayer. And I have, mm-hmm. my prayer journal is filled with those kinds of things. Just, you know, I can go yeah. back and look at those. And it's, again, just a good reminder of who God is. Yeah, you, you'll find a lot more excitement in your prayer life if you begin to pray more specifically because you can see, you can correlate the prayer with the answer so much more strongly and so much more powerfully where you can, you know, you can pray something for someone or, or even for yourself or whatever. And then you hear about the answer to that prayer. And it's a, like, it's a powerful faith boost moment because you can connect those two things so easily. Whereas you pray broadly and, and the answer to that prayer will often seem just as diluted as the the prayer itself. Again, it's hard to know if God's answered the prayer if you don't know it, what it is you were asking him to do. Yeah. So if, if you feel like in your prayer life, you're like, like I pray, but I, I don't feel like I'm seeing the answers to those prayers, this is probably a big part of that. You're probably lacking, you're, you're probably not praying in a specific way. Get more specific, and I really, really believe that in a short time, you'll start seeing more prayers answered. Yeah. You'll realize they're being answered more. That's a good one. <clears throat> so... Go ahead. Yeah, well, I was going to say, so Tom gave us a little more um, around this idea, um, getting specific, yeah. um, these these ideas. Why don't we jump in and look at some of these? Yeah, he gave five directions for specific prayers. The first one he said is, pray for God to remove obstacles. And he talked about how 
Uh, God's will is perfect, and if His will isn't being done, it's because something is standing in the way of that. He talked about how uh, our sinful nature, our our human choices, how we can we can thwart God's will at times. Human beings can kind of stand in the way of God's will. But he talked about this idea. I like the phrase he used of bulldozer prayers, praying that God would knock obstacles out of the way, the obstacles to God's will, and not necessarily the obstacles to our will, because those may not be in those may not be conformed to God's will. But that God would clear a path in order for for his will to come to pass. He did specify not mafia prayers. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> he said, you know, not praying that God would like, you know, yeah, go out and wipe people out or, or that kind of stuff. Like, or you know, change their minds, you know. Yeah, like nix this guy or, so that I can have that guy's job because yeah. I'm praying for a job or whatever. Uh, but bulldozer prayers, clearing a path. And he, he talked about examples from Paul where, where uh, Paul would ask specifically that circumstances would change so that God's will could be done in a certain time or a certain place through his ministry whatever. Right. Uh, so that's a big part of a big part of prayer. And I've noticed that that's a part of prayer that tends to come out more and more when I see people who are more advanced in their prayer life. Like when I when I think of like the real prayer warriors, like the real like like Carolyn for example that we had on the show many many episodes ago. Um tremendous prayer warrior. And when I hear her pray, I hear her praying against obstacles a lot. She spends a big proportion of her prayer trying to clear things out of the way. And I, I think that that's sometimes uh, an aspect of prayer that we just don't give a lot of attention to. Right, yeah. If we're praying for the advancement of the kingdom, we want to be praying against those things that are going to hinder the kingdom, those yeah. those powers and principalities that right. you know the enemy brings. We want, to, we want to see those removed. Yeah. The second thing that he's talked about was pray for God to increase love. And uh, I just thought it's an, it's an interesting way to look at getting specific that is this prayer going to result in an increase in love and an increase of flourishing and an increase mm. of, of, you know, the shalom in the kingdom. Mm. Um, one of the things I've, I've done or counseled people to do before is when they're thinking about their, like a p- specific prayer, I, I say, Hey, look at the fruit of the spirit. If that, if that prayer is answered, will there be more love? Will there be more joy? Will, will there be more peace? And that can help you kind of hone the prayer that you're trying to look at because those are things that God wants. Yeah. Those are things he wants to see in your life and the life of others. So mm-hmm. um, kind of use that as maybe a, sometimes a guide to kind of shape your prayers yeah. as you get specific. He, he mentioned that gaining anything without gaining love is worthless. And he, he said, you know, we often connect that to knowledge that, you know, um, knowledge puffs up, love builds up. But he, he kind of applied that to a lot of other things. And, he, you know, he said that we can pray for circumstances to change or for God to bless us in certain ways or for certain things to come to pass, but circumstances can change without you changing. Right. And so he talked about that there needs to be this this two-sided uh, aspect, you know, two aspects to this, that we want to pray for the circumstances that we desire. We want to pray for God's will and circumstances, but we also want to pray for God's will inside of us. Um, and I, I love the simple prayer that he he encouraged us to to pray in that in that point just god increase my love for insert name here you know and he, he said you know i bet a name is popping into your mind right now so that that may be a point in the podcast today where you just want to hit the pause button for a second and pray that prayer who who is god calling you uh who does god want to increase your love for yeah take a moment and pray that that's yeah. an important one write a name in there god increase my love for this person uh, and god will answer that one yeah, God wants to see that accomplished, which leads you. right into the 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 third yep. idea that Tom had here is pray for a change of heart. So we're we're thinking about praying for a change of character. Yeah, um, and we talked earlier about this too, how the re- the repetition of prayer is changing us because it's working on who we are and our faith mm-hmm. life. 
But um, again, you know, we, we don't want to pray for God to go in and like mind control people. Yeah. Uh, but we can pray for forgiveness. We can pray for love to to increase. We can uh, pray that relationships be healed, and but also in ourselves, looking for those things in ourselves uh, yeah. is so important. Yeah. So good. Uh, and then the fourth one, <clears throat> he said, pray for God's greatest will. Uh, and this is, I, I think we've, probably a lot of us have heard this idea, pray for God's will. But I, he inserted the word greatest will here. And, yes. and it really brought this, like, it added a lot of thrust behind this idea. And he, he talked about this idea of, of not minimizing your requests, but maximizing right. them instead. Yeah. Pray for the biggest and best that you can imagine God doing, rather than then dialing it back. And I think it was under this point that he talked about how sometimes our prayers are almost just long apologies, or it's just one list, a giant list of, like it's a tiny request, and then a whole list of caveats and yeah. provisos, like, well, but God, if you don't want to do this, I totally understand, and I won't hold it against you, <laughs> yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Head, and, head, head. <clears throat> yeah, it's, and, it, and we we sometimes take that, that the Jesus, <clears throat> Jesus's words about, you know, uh, God, this is what I want, but nevertheless, your will, not my will. And maybe we overapply that sometimes because we, we, we then use that as a, a reason why we don't need to get bummed out if our prayer doesn't get right. answered or that kind of thing. Yeah, it makes me think, you know, so there's these questions like, what do I want God to do most? Yeah. So I like for someone that's say like maybe um, who's um, been unemployed and they're looking for a job and they're saying, God, I, I want a job. Mm-hmm. But if you really thought about what was in your heart, you would say, but I really, you know, what I want most is I want this particular job. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I want to be an IT consultant or I want to be, you know, a doctor or I yeah. want to be, you know, working with hybrid cars or something like it's, that's what he wants to give you because that's what you want most. Yeah. So that idea of, you know, cause that will, that will be God's greatest will. Yeah. You know? And it, it, it touches back to like the idea of, um, you know, trying to use prayer to change God. Yeah. Like you're not going to alter God. It, and and you you don't have to worry about like your prayer, like if you pray the wrong thing, it's going to mess things up for you. Right. Because in the end, Tom made an important point here. He said God will still answer your prayers according to His will. Right. You know, so you don't have to worry about that. So so swing for the fences, pray big, pray in faith, yeah. and 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 then just trust that God is going to then do with that prayer. What yeah, because I think if we're honest with ourselves, when we hedge on our prayers, we're trying to manipulate God. We're trying to say, well, I'm trying to be so humble about what I'm asking for. Mm. And that you're just trying to manipulate them. Yeah. And you're, you know, that doesn't work with God. It may work yeah. with your kids, but it doesn't work with God. Well, and I think you're trying to, I think there's a self-defensive aspect to that as well, where you're trying to protect yourself against the potential disappointment. Like, I don't want my faith to be rocked by the fact that I prayed for something that I wanted so badly and it didn't come to pass. So I think we were, there's a self-preservation aspect there too. But the, I think the sad reality there is that <clears throat> when we do that, we are not only protecting ourselves against disappointment. We're also, we're also possibly preventing a miraculous and incredible answer to that prayer yes. that you just you could have had if you had just had the guts to ask for. That's it. it. That's it. Right. If if we're in alignment with God, what we want most is what He wants most. So if we cut that off, then we're yeah. preventing what spills out from that, the ripple effect that comes from our prayer our prayer being answered, that miracle coming to our life that will spill out into the lives of those we love and those around us and our, you know, our communities and yeah. cities and ultimately the world, which ultimately that is what God mm. wants most. He wants to see the flourishing yeah. of the world. He wants to see love increase. He wants to see His name be proclaimed. He wants to be glorified in the world. Wouldn't that happen 
the best if he if your prayer got specifically answered, yeah. you know, and you didn't hedge your bet on it? Well, I think you learn so much more. You learn more about the will of God when you pray this way, when you pray specifically, when you go for it, you pray for God's greatest will, you learn more. If, if you pray with, if, if you just pray vaguely all the time, then God's response to that prayer is vague. And you don't learn more about the will of God through that. Whereas if you pray for something specifically and God gives you a no on that, well, then you've learned in that process. You've got, you know, that request was wrong. And you learn over time because you, you can see the difference between your will and God's will when you pray that specifically. And then over time, because you see that gap, you can begin to close that gap and move more, yeah. m- more in the direction of God. So you learn more about discerning God's will by praying in this way. Yep, exactly. exactly. <clears throat> All right. And the last one, he says, pray with the ultimate end in mind. And I, I remember the, the phrase that stuck out to me on this one that I wrote down is that we pray with an eye on tomorrow and an eye on eternity. We're thinking about the uh, fairly immediate uh, response or, or outcomes of our prayer, but we're also thinking about the eternal outcomes of our prayer, that we, we, we're not short-sighted with our prayer. Right. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> and he talks, I, I love uh, uh, as well that I wrote down here, prayer makes us more dependent on God and less dependent on ourselves. So we, th- we think in terms of eternity, we think in terms of God's ultimate plan, we conform ourselves to his will, and as we continue to enter into that prayer life more fully, we learn to lean on him rather than on ourselves, which I think, again, ties back to everything we've said so far, that when we pray specifically, we we are leaning on God rather than on ourselves for, right. for the direction of our life. Yeah, I think it, Tom talked about this idea of practical atheism, of mm-hmm. how we can say all the right things, but we don't act as if those are true. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to we're gonna say all the right things to God, but we're going to not going to act, we're going to act as if there's not really a God listening yeah. to our prayers or willing to act on those prayers or who loves us enough to answer those prayers. Yeah. Because in the end, we're going to just say, well, in the end, it depends on me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the idea of practical atheism. You know, I, I was also just thinking about this idea of prayer and action, right? The, we pray, but there are certain things we can do as well, right? We're not. You know, I think about Paul when he he was in prison in Jerusalem, and the, you know they're gonna, um, you know, transfer him, and he hears about this idea that oh, there's these guys who are gonna attack, and so he, you know, yeah, pray, but he goes and tells the kid to go, yeah, go tell the centurion that we need troops, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's prayer and action. Um, yeah. I mean, I I lived this out uh, first person. It's really in the front of my mind. Because at the beginning of this week, while you guys were taping the episode last week, there was the fires here in Orange County, and mm. my home was in the zone, and we had to get evacuated. But as you get that alert, you know, so I'm praying, I hope the fire stays away, and then that alert comes, and you're like, I have to yeah. get out. So I can't just say, well, God, I, I hope everything works out. It's like, I had to pack my bag. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's I was praying, I'm planning, and I'm praying. I'm yeah. Praying, I'm packing, and I'm praying. You know, <laughs> <clears throat> pray, pack, repeat. Yeah. <laughs> so it's you know, it's not like it's uh, you know, I I'm not an atheist in practical atheist and thinking, well, there's nothing God's going to do. That's mm-hmm. the first thing I think about is God, you know, protect these neighborhoods, protect these homes, protect these lives, protect yeah. these firefighters. Yeah. But I can't just sit and not act because God, you know, there's a reason I was. God created the alert on my phone. It's like, yeah, yeah, I, you know, yeah. that technology exists for a reason. Get your bags packed. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, we we still live in a real world. With we, we live in a material world where material things happen and material things go wrong. And there's no, there's absolutely nothing wrong with taking material action right. to prevent something. Right. But it doesn't mean that that comes at the expense of prayer right. at all. God always, uh, oh God, 
Rick. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. Sort that uh, out. <laughs> Uh, Pastor Rick always talks about that idea of like, you know, God's not going to move a, drive a parked car, right? You know, yeah. so it's like, he's willing to take you where you want to go, but it's like, you got to get in and, you know, kind of, you know, yeah, you participate, know, a, participate little. a little bit, you know, this is, goes back to the idea of, you know, our, our God's grace is good enough, but, um, there's a little p- bit of that effort that comes into our, our growing and, yeah. and helping ourselves grow. Um, yeah. so, well, I think, uh, I think that's a lot of good stuff. Let's, let's, begin to kind of wind things down. Would you uh, take us through that prayer? Tom, Tom shared at the end of the message a, a, a prayer. He led us through it. We s- sort of said it together. Uh, and for anyone who didn't hear the message or just needs to hear it again, right. just just lead us through that if you will. Yeah, so if you just want to take a moment and, uh, you know, kind of, if you're driving, keep your eyes open. If you're <laughs> yeah. at home, close your eyes and just, uh, let's get specific. Lord, I want things to change, really change in my prayer life. I pray from time to time. I want to learn to pray all the time. Teach me to pray. I pray casually. I want to learn to pray earnestly. Teach me to pray. I pray for a change of my circumstances, but forget to pray for a change in my character. I pray for my needs to be met, but forget to pray for my love to increase. My prayers often stretch no further than tomorrow when I want them to reach toward eternity. Teach me to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, thanks for being on the show today, dude. Well, thanks Who for, knows what yeah, next week will hold? Yeah, Maybe thanks for inviting your, you know, it's nice, you know, it's nice to be, <laughs> invite, <laughs> your boss, yeah. invite your boss on every now yeah, and then. Yeah, I know how to <laughs> cover my rear end. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We're glad you've tuned in. Join us again next week. We'll be talking about next week's message. Hopefully, uh, prayers will work. Pastor Rick will be back in the pulpit next Absolutely, week. And we'll, have yeah. a, we'll have a message to recap. Yep. We'll see you next time. If you're a podcast listener and you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. And if you're thinking, hey, listening's great, but is there a way I can watch these episodes? Yeah, there is. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for video versions of these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you're already watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows, your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week.